Do you like exclusive stuff? Yes, yes sir. sir. Do you like having access to your favourite podcast hosts in a way like never before? Yeah, absolutely. Do you wish you had access to our old Survivor Oz episodes that you can't find anywhere else online? Oh, yeah. If you answered yes to one, two or all of those questions, then get excited because the Oz Network is now on Patreon. <laughs> That's right, your favourite podcast has jumped on the Patreon bandwagon to enable a better listening experience for you, our listener. For more details, simply head to www.patreon.com forward slash oznetwork where you can sign up for as little as $3 a month. It'll be the best decision you make since that last bad one you made. You're listening to the Oz TV podcast, only on the Oz Network. Welcome back to the Oz Network. We are talking Breaking Bad today, and we are into season five, episode thirteen. Tahajali. We are on the road home now for sure. We are really close to the end of this. Um, so uh, this episode first aired on September the eighth, twenty thirteen, directed by Michelle McLaren and written by George Mastress. Um, yeah, lots of fun to be had in this episode. Um, lots of big reveals and things happening, and it's only going to get even more insane as we uh, as we continue on. So can't wait to talk about this one. Uh, my name is Nick, and uh, I want this podcast to be quick and painless and no suffering. Good luck. Um, and my name is Ben, and Fruit Loops, good stuff. <laughs> Who doesn't love a Fruit Loop? Oh, love Fruit Loops. I miss Fruit Loops. I always get excited. Like, growing up, you know, you'd always just get Wheat Bix and just, I don't know, standard cereal. But whenever, like, Dad would splurge and see a box of Fruit Loops, like, oh, Fruit Loops, things going crazy this week. Bring it on. Yeah, I, don't, I was never much of a kind of crazy um, cereal kind of a person. But I think probably Cocoa Pops are my, my Ooh, go-to when yes. I was doing something um, something crazy. But, yeah, I was probably kind of Wheat Bix kind of a kid, I think. Oh. God, I miss. Yeah. I even got excited over rice bubbles. I don't know. There was just like, oh, rice bubbles. Yum. I saw an. I saw like a billboard today for multi-grain wheat bix, and I thought they sounded nice. Is that is my life sad that I kind of looked at that? No, I've that. I've had multi-grain wheat bix before. I think they've been around in Australia for a bit. So um, right. yeah, and just just FYI, I, I know I'm an Australian. I can't really talk about Australians stealing things from New Zealand because we do that a lot. But New Zealand stops stealing wheat stealing wheat bix. They are ours. Just like Milo, Ki- they are owls. <laughs> Kiwi kids are wheat bix kids. That's what the ad uh, told me. So they, they stole that from us because it was Aussie <laughs> kids and wheat bix kids. <laughs> iconic brands, wheat bix and Milo. And, and when I was living there, New Zealand passed it off like it was iconic New Zealand brands. I'm like, look, have Russell Crowe back. Fucking have Sam Neill back. Just give us our breakfast food and chocolate drinks back. They're owls. <laughs> <laughs> look, don't make me um, show you a photo of. Um, who, who am I thinking? Noah with uh, some brains coming out the side of his head. <laughs> like, if we, if we can, uh, oh, hell, man. We, we, I'll tell you everything. <laughs> um, this is a, like I say, like I think we're into, you know, the last four episodes of the season now and, and, the, and the show, obviously. And, and you know, shit's getting real now, you know, like, and especially the second half of this episode, it starts to just, yeah, everything that, you know, the, the walls are coming down and on Walt. And, um, yeah, it's only going to get more intense. But I think we've talked a couple of times about this being a bit of an overlook great episode you know that there's um obviously next week's episode is the big one that everybody remembers and um you know the finale is one that people remember um but this one i think there's some really great stuff that gets a little bit overlooked i think oh absolutely agree and one thing you said i think at the end of last week with this episode and then and then obviously next week is that it just flies by like it literally flies by and i i don't think i looked at the timestamp until and when i did it was like the 35 minute mark and i'm like holy fuck like i only got 10 minutes to go like it just it just breezes by i love this episode and i you know i just feel bad for this episode because again it does seemingly get forgotten about everyone talks about next week and then i think everybody ultimately thinks that the end of this episode is part of next week um it's great i mean i've marked down three potential top five moments in this episode alone which Technically, is the whole last, like, 15 minutes, but, I mean, I guess you could kind of separate them. But, yeah, there's so much good in this episode. This really just, like, gets you on. Even, and we're about to get into this opening scene, obviously, I kind of even like this opening scene, weirdly enough. So, yeah, God, this is just um, peak, peak Breaking Bad, and it will get even peakier next week. So, yeah. Yeah, and, and like we've said a few times about, you know, um, 
there's been a lot of, I guess, set-up episodes, even in the second half of season five, which everyone thinks of as being the big payoff. But these payoffs don't work if the setup's not good. So, you know, just a final thanks to these episodes that we've had that maybe had to do some of the heavy lifting so that we could have these great episodes. But, yeah, they are they are awesome. And, and we kind of open up with this. Uh, you know, we, we finished the last episode with, with Walt calling Todd um, to basically organise uh, one final job. We didn't know what it was, but we could probably put two and two together and we're going to find out in this episode what it is. But we kind of come in just before Todd gets the phone call here where, where he's um, finishing up a batch and he's with Uncle Jack and Lydia's there and, and the other dude that I always forget his name, um, the, the Nazi um, guy. Yeah, Uncle Jack's kind of right-hand man, Kenny, he's called. Um, so, so yeah, and, and basically they're kind of looking at the, you know, the, the latest batch that he's made and, and you know, um, Jack's ref, refu- Jack and Kenny refusing to wear masks while Lydia and Todd do and saying, oh, you know, Mr. White says you should Anti-vaxes. wear one. And it, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and um, you know, um, Todd, you know, has the um, the batch made, and he tests it, and it comes out at I think seventy six percent purity, which is you know, incredibly. Uh, it's a much higher one than we had from Declan. Um, obviously, not as high as as we used to with Walt and Jesse's cooks, but um, yeah, it's um, the, he's really Jack's really happy with it, but Lydia's unhappy because it doesn't have the blue color, and that's the thing that is kind of the trademark of this, and she's saying that's what her customer is pay for um and you know jack's not really that bothered about this he, d- he doesn't really care he says you know is it the actual purity's purity is as good as it needs to be um and you know they can put you say like we put like blue food coloring in it or yeah. whatever to kind of make it blue like who cares um so yeah i think just kind of like this this kind of opening thing to to kind of get us into this then we kind of have um you know todd and, and lydia are having a bit of a chat and, and um Todd being creepy Todd um, you know and, and talking about you know it, it, it'll get better you know like the more I do it the better I'm going to kind of get at it and um, yeah he's just kind of being creepy on her and being a bit too close to her and um, and, and yeah she kind of says something like she's got to get onto a plane or something like that you know and she yeah, she's obviously being creeped out by how close he's been and and um, yeah, we kind of get him like touching the you know where her lips have been on the mug it's the kind of creep I'm not sure I love the kind of creepy Todd with Lydia but um, yeah, it's, it, maybe it's just the age difference. It kind of just feels a bit weird to me more than anything else. But um, it kind of sells on on how creepy Todd is, doesn't it? But uh, yeah, then we get the phone call from he gets the phone call from Walt that kind of picks up where we saw at the end of the last episode, um, and that there's another job that needs to be doing. Um, and and uh, Todd thinks that this is going to be another prison hit, but it's actually he says no, it's actually somebody that's not in prison. It's Jesse. Um, and and so this is kind of our setup for it. Um, yeah, and we kind of just watch old, you know, creepy Todd kind of watching as Lydia's kind of driving away. So that's that's our setup um, to start this episode. And and yeah, it's kind of just putting that kind of that final piece in play of, of, of what Walt Walt's made that decision now that he needs to get rid of Jesse. Thing I just love about the character of Todd is just Jesse Plemons just does this creepy so well, and it's just it's so. Well, like, he's just, as I keep saying, he's such an interesting character. He's so creepy. He's so just strange and just, like, he's he's evil without being evil. Like, you kind of like this guy. He seems like a nice, genuine guy, but he's also a bit of an evil prick. So it's kind of, it's kind of like Gus in a way, but, like, Gus... I guess turned it on. Like Gus, if you know, he's the type of guy you pissed off and crossed him, he will he will kill your infant daughter. Like he's gonna go off at you <laughs> like that. Whereas whereas Todd is never gonna be that way, is he? Todd's just kind of always the same level. So that's just kind of why I think Jesse Plemons plays it so well. Uh one thing I also want to say too about the Jack and Kenny, which means uh if slash when Kenny dies, can we go, Oh my god, they killed Kenny, you bastards. No? Um <laughs> yeah. Uh, so I looked at the actors here. Michael Bowen and Kevin Rankin play uh, Michael Bowen's Jack, Kevin Rankin. They're brilliant. Like, these guys, I think I said when we first met them, like, there's no redeeming factors about these guys. They're fucking Nazis. Uh, I mean, you know, that's about as evil as you can get. Uh, but, like, they play them so well. Like, if I met freaking Michael Bowen, I'm going to believe he's a freaking Nazi. Like, it's just he plays it so well. And so does Kevin Rankin as his Kenny. And they're really creepy too because, like, I think it was last week when they were in the diner or the week before and they were kind of looking at that waitress really creepily like, and like, oh, you feel uncomfortable looking the way they're looking at her. I think it's Kenny here kind of has that with uh, Lydia at one point. Lydia kind of shares this like awkward smile with him at some point, just kind of like, oh, hello. Like, yeah, this is really awkward. Um, but yeah, I, I like the, the setup. I, I kind of just like creepy Todd who then drinks from Lydia's tea. Like, 
ew. Like, I mean, that's kind of gross. Like, I don't think I'd ever drink from anybody's cup. I mean, if I'm sharing bodily fluids with them, maybe. But, um, yeah, that's kind of creepy. But, uh, yeah, it's, I mean, I, I also like the way that it's kind of pulling this off. Like, it's kind of blue. Um, so, yeah. Uh, but, uh, I, 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 again, I like this kind of opening scene. Lydia, she's not really been full Lydia recently, has she? So, she's tolerable Lydia for me at this point. Yeah, you can kind of deal with her at the moment. So, yeah, yeah she's, I mean, okay she's, with that. you know, like, it's just, it's enough for her to be there. She's not asking for Stevia and fucking Lipton's and whatever it is she's asking for. So, yeah, I, I can deal with Lydia. <laughs> yeah, well, that's good. It's good that we're in a, in a, a Lydia um, friendly Lydia zone. Lydia safe zone. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, that's good. Um, so, so yeah, then we, we kind of uh, move into our next scene, which is kind of Hank and, and Gomi, and they're kind of picking up the pieces from this kind of sting operation that we saw in the last, which is in the plaza. Um, and so, yeah, we're kind, of, we're kind of just picking up on that. And what's the, what does Gomez say? He says something about, you know, we're going to use this dickhead to help us. Or something. I can't remember what the line is that he says, but, yeah, it's, it's pretty funny. Um, and you know, Hank says, "Oh, we've got to try, you know trust it." Jesse's got this plan, um, but Gomi's kind of not really particularly trusting of him. Um, and Jesse says that you know the thing that they're kind of missing really is that they they kind of need some some evidence, you know, of, of what's happening. And, and um, you know the, the thing that he is never going to give give up is his money. And so you know we've got to hit him where he's got the money. Um, and you know if they can find that money, then then that's going to be the good thing. And um, and Jesse says he doesn't know where the money is, but he you know he he might know somebody that does um and and yeah and so then we kind of have this kind of elaborate you know kind of um plan to kind of get (laughs) some information and um basically kind of like we've got this you know this this fake animal brain um which is you know at the schrader house or whatever it is and um we're going to use that and you know we kind of just see the start of them kind of like okay are you going to help us you know this is what we're going to do um and then we kind of cut to um to Hill, and I think this is the, you know, this is the first time we've realised that Hill's actually in a safe house that he's been picked up by the by the DEA. Is that right? I'm, I'm not sure that that's actually been that, been talked yeah, about in the I episodes think, beforehand. I think they no, I think they mention it briefly here in the episode that they've picked him up. Um, I think they say it very, just kind of briefly and say that yeah, we, we've got him. Um, so yeah. Uh, Gomez brings a piece of some other animal brain. Huel has been taken into witness protection to be interrogated about the money. That's what uh, Breaking Bad Wiki says. Yeah. So, yeah, and, 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 you know, like, because we get the thing later on of kind of when... um, when Saul kind of approaches Walt and he talks about, um, you know, that they, they've picked they've picked Huel up, you know, so so he he knows later on as well about this, but uh, yeah, and so basically we kind of get them at the safe house, um, and you know, saying that you know they're going to need going to need his help, and um, and Huel's you know, keeping quiet, you know, giant Huel in this tiny little couch in this kind of <laughs> pathetic kind of hotel room or whatever it is, um, and basically you know like he's not going to give up that information or he doesn't have the information or what whatever kind of story he's going to tell and um, then they show him this photo on their phone which is the one that they've kind of set up before which is Jesse kind of lying on the kitchen floor with this bloody brain next to him. It looks so bad. Um, I'm looking at it right now. It looks so fake. (laughs) Yeah, it's pretty pretty terrible. eh? Like it's uh, it it makes you think like you probably wouldn't want Huel in your corner if it's about keeping secrets. He's not particularly good at it. So um, so, so yeah, it's um, that's pretty good. But yeah, and and then so we kind of get Huel kind of, you know, drops the information about the, you know, the barrels and you know, that they were tasked with kind of picking this money up from the um, from the lockup and putting it into these, they put it into seven barrels, which they put into a van. And then Walt took that van, but when he came back, he was kind of covered in dirt and he had a shovel. Um, and so, so yeah, that's kind of the information that we kind of get that's going to kind of set us up um, to to move forwards. Oh yeah, and and then and and that it had been rented, and so basically they're saying, look, can we kind of we might be able to find it from the rental place, you know is they kind of tracking on that is going to be their next step. So, yeah, this is kind of just building that case of, you know, like Jesse knows that the thing that is going to move Walt and and that he's going to start making kind of a logical steps is if his money's in danger. So this is kind of the setup to do that. And it's pretty rudimentary, but, you know, like I don't for a second think that this wouldn't work. You know, if, if this was Huel, you totally believe that he would do this, right? Yeah, and I think it's... Uh... I mean, we're going to get to the stuff at the end of this episode with Walt, but, like, it's kind of... I mean, I kind of questioned last season, would Gus be so gullible to fall for this kind of thing when he does it when he's been so meticulous? And I think, well, 
would Walt, but no, I believe Walt would because I think Jesse's right here. Like, what's the one thing he cares most about? He's doing this for the money, right? So, you know, I think I believe it. I just love all this setup. Like, I love, like, just kind of the next couple of episodes are not funny at all, but, like, there's just some stuff in this where you kind of just can't help but laugh. Like, I just love Gomi's reaction with Jesse in the underpass and then kind of just the way that Hank just puts his brain on the floor. And I just love Jesse's reaction when he kind of looks like he's about to vomit. And then I just love Huel in his house, just like Huel chilling in the safe house. And this is the last time we ever see Huel, isn't it? Um, so, yeah, I kind of, I, I like the way that just kind of this is set up. And I love his reaction. Oh, hell, man, why does he want to kill me? I ain't done nothing. <laughs> and just like rolls over straight away. It's so good. Well, I think one of the things too of like, without going into too many spoilers, it's like the, there's that one of the unresolved questions of Breaking Bad is what happened to Hill, you know, like because mm. uh, you know there might not be anybody who knows where he is at the end of this, and so you know, like does Hill just like sit in this room forever, like? <laughs> um, so, so yeah, I've always loved that little kind of like what happened to and Hill. And you know? we don't see QB again, do we? No, I don't think so. I think that uh, we've, we've had our QB fill for, for this uh, this show. My, my, my one thing, like, and I'm jumping ahead probably to the, the finale and all that sort of stuff, but, like, if we were to ever do, like, a bring back Breaking Bad again, sort of do a sequel, I'd, I'd weirdly like to follow Marie and Skylar. Like, I just think, like, because spoiling alert or not, everyone kind of gets resolved. But, like, I mean, you sort of get a resolution with Skylar and Marie kind of, but, like, they've got to live with this for the rest of their lives. So, you know, that to me is where it's interesting. Walt Jr., like, kind of the ramifications. I always say the Holly storyline would be, you know, Holly is an 18th birthday, plays that video of her dad that he filmed, you know, for her back in season one, like, and here she picks it up and people are coming after Holly and the family because of the connections. Like, I'm sure Vince Gilligan has these ideas, but uh, I just I just had that thought in watching these two episodes where I'm kind of like, yeah, like the Marie sort of Skylar, like what happens to them after the end of Breaking Bad? Yeah, and I think probably, you know, like as as we know that they will they will take kind of the expansion of this universe in a in a different direction. Um, and this is probably you know near the beginnings of kind of you know expanded kind of you know you don't just do a TV show or a movie series and then finish it. There's always more, you know. Um, and so yeah, I think it's it's quite interesting to me that where they decide to take this, obviously with Better Call Saul, but there's still plenty of dangling threads if they ever did want to kind of pick up and do a sequel more than a, a prequel, which is what Better Call Saul is in terms of the timeline at least. Anyway. Let's be honest, there's going to be something one day. I mean, for God's sakes, how many Sex in the City sequels are they up to now? And it's Sex in the fucking City, so come on. <laughs> yeah, well, it's interesting because, I, I mean, I never – like when the show finished, I never really got the impression that Vince Gilligan had a, like a huge appetite to to kind of expand this world. But obviously, with Better Call Saul and with Al Camino, he he did so and still does. So it's it's pretty interesting to me that yeah, there, there does appear to be an appetite that maybe I didn't expect. So so yeah, it's it's interesting. Um, Just as long as it's but, not overdone. Like that's that's always a trouble, isn't it? Like I mean, there's there's bringing back something that for this reason and that reason, but when you just all of a sudden start going too far, like I love 24, download our 24 recaps, they're great. But, I mean, we didn't need Legacy. That was just stupid. Um, no Kiva Sutherland, it's not 24. So, like, it's kind of, it just, it. I see what they're trying to do, but it just it just ruins the brand of it and it just kind of leaves a sour taste in your mouth. And, yeah. I mean, there's never really been a fully successful reboot. Yeah, okay, people are going to say Roseanne. Well, it took a what, like, three weeks until she was fired and they've done whatever they've done now with the Connors or whatever it is. So, um, yeah, I don't know. Like, I guess they've got their fan bases, but like, I obviously lost download our loss coverage. Um, I fucking love loss, but I don't want them to ever touch loss. And loss is probably a show that screams more for a reboot than breaking bad does because there's so many elements of loss you could explore, but I don't want them to touch it. Back to the future is another one. There's oh, will they ever do a fourth? No, don't like it's, it's ended perfectly. You don't need to do anything more with it. So, yeah. Well, I mean, coming to you from the past, and you'll listen to this in the future, it'll be interesting to see what the reception is to the return of the Matrix, which, um, you know, we're in that funny time yeah. between recording this before it comes out, and, and this will air Months. after this it's come out. This is probably out so, in Blu-ray by the time we're listening yeah, to Yeah, that's right. Yeah. right. So yeah, I think, but yeah, it's literally not even caring about the Matrix coming out. We're doing a whole month on it, and I'm going, like, oh, the Matrix, I don't know if I want a fourth <laughs> one. But we'll go see it, you know. Yeah, sure. yeah. It's got okay, Neil Patrick so, uh, Harris in it. Why not? <laughs> yeah, sure. Um, how, how I Met Your Neo. Um, yeah. <laughs> but, it's yeah, going to be legendary. Just... Legend, wait for it, Derry. There we go. I <laughs> screwed that up. Moving so on. Um, we we kind of move into this next scene where, um, where Walt 
goes to the, the the gang headquarters, which is which is interesting information that he now knows where that place is, um, and and basically organises for um, Jack's crew to basically do a hit on Jesse, um, and you know Jack wants to know why is you know is he a rat is he a problem is like no it's it's um, you know he just needs Jesse gone basically is is what he's saying and um, and yeah he makes this really interesting line here he says like Jesse's like family so I want it to be done quick and painless I don't want it to to be something that kind of um, you know like is bad in any way which i think you know he's family but please kill him i think is quite an interesting insight into into walt's mind here um but yeah and um jack says that, yep he'll do the hit but he doesn't want to be paid but what he wants in return is for walt to um you know do some cooks with um with Todd in order to make sure he can get that quality back and, and especially the color back um and and walt's obviously not interested in this and they they have a bit of a negotiation and he says yeah he'll do one cook but it has to be after jesse's been killed um and so they kind of shake on that and then what they say oh okay how do we how do we find jesse and um and that kind of moves us into uh, walt says oh you know like he knows a bit of a, a weak spot on him um, and, and basically this will be Andrea and so you know Walt goes to see Andrea um, and you know makes up this kind of lie that he's you know he's fall, had a falling out with Jesse and he needs to get hold of him and um, and Andrea is very accommodating we have this kind of awkward kind of you know um, kind of like standoff I suppose or whatever between Walt and Brock which is which is a bit of a, an odd one and um, basically Walt gives her um, Jesse's new phone number and asks if he she can call him and and um and tell him that she needs to see him type of thing and um so she calls leaves a message um which hank picks up on the uh, the, the hello kitty um hmm. phone so so yeah that's uh that's kind of it and um and and walt kind of you know he kind of leaves and and he lets um he lets the the neo-nazi guys know um you know they're in a they're in a car outside andrew's house that you know jesse could turn up at any time at this point basically um and and yeah it just reminds him that this should be something that's done quick and painless and doesn't want Andrew to kind of be involved with this. So, so yeah, so that's kind of our, our setup really of, you know, Walt's kind of made the deal now and, and these are the parameters of it. But I think this is quite a, a big moment in the show really. And, and, you know, this isn't a kind of top five type of thing, but I think it's, it's really, um, you know, that big moment, I suppose of, you know, Walt has now finally made this decision that he's, he's pulled the pin on getting rid of Jesse. He's prepared to do that now. So um, yeah, I think that that's, it's worth pointing out, even if it's, it's not something that's going to be, you know, like I say, it's not a massive kind of moment that you remember, but it is kind of a real, I think, turning point towards the end of the show. The one issue I have with this and next week is this whole sequence where you've got Jack basically saying to Walt, like, we don't want your money. We want to uh, have you to cook for us because we will make more money, right? I then don't understand, spoiler alert, when we get to next week, why he's so interested in his money. Like it just, it just, it, that's the one thing that kind of bothers me a little bit because it just seems like Jack doesn't give a shit about the money at this point because he's like, well, we're going to make more money. So it kind of goes from one end to the other pretty quickly next week. So I don't know if you ever really thought about it that way, but I just, that kind of it just makes the motivations for Jack a little bit weird because I'm like, well, yeah, like he, because he then just lets Walt go. I'm like, okay, well, you never have to cook for us. Spoiler alert for next week. But um, yeah, that's just a random thought. But um, yeah, I, I kind of, as you point out, like it's I guess key to know here that Walt obviously knows where the the hideout is, their little hideout that's going to be important for a few episodes of time. Um, do you, is this meant to be like with Brock being a bit standoffish with Walt? Like, do you think is it meant to be like he knows or something like that? Yeah, or? I think I mean it's never really explained. It's kind of one of those hanging threads that's left on the show, and it's never, yeah, you know, it, it's not a big deal. It's not something we absolutely have to know. Um, but yeah, I, I think kind of, and especially given that you know we now know that jesse knows what happens you know so it's not like it's a kind of um unresolved kind of plot point really but i think you know we never got to see the kind of um you know how brock actually got poisoned and i think that that's something that there's you know there's interest in discussing because you never do actually find it out and it's it is always something that's left to the viewer's imagination to fill in about how that actually happened and did brock and walt actually have an interaction or was it done through an intermediary but um yeah to me i think it's just it's an interesting thing to talk about but it actually isn't particularly important in in terms of the, the the whole scheme of the show one thing i want to say like i i'm generally very critical of like little kids who can't act and annoy the shit out of me this kid I think he's a standard kid. Like this to me is 
my interactions with kids. Like you're like, oh, hi, Jimmy. Oh, hello. Like, and it's kind of awkward and weird. So um, this to me feels like a natural interaction with children. Uh, Ian Posada plays Brock, the esteemed does not, does, Ian Posada. Does not look like an Ian, if I'm going to be honest. But uh... Yeah, no, I'm with you there. His last <laughs> appearance, by the way, this is the last time we will see him is in this yep. episode right now. So bye-bye, yep. Brock. Thanks for your time. Yep. Um, yep. But, yeah, you know, I think the cast is good. Looks like Andrea, I, I would say. Um, yes, yeah. And I'm seeing here he's only ever appeared in Breaking Bad. Then he went on to be in Heirloom, a short film, and then a Sicario where he played Foster's son number two. And then he also appeared in a short film called Jesse, the Breaking Bad spinoff, <laughs> which I don't know what that is. Um, it sounds interesting, but apparently both... Uh, Oh, no, they have archive footage featuring everybody. Um, so somehow they've got Aaron Paul, archive footage, Emily Rios, archive footage. Oh, it's only archive footage of Ian Posada, so they don't even use him really. So what is this? Um, Jesse, the Breaking Bad spin-off, a two-minute short film. Okay. Uh, must have done very well. Can't say, can't say I've seen it, but, uh, you know, I would have thought that probably a lot of people would have thought he would could be a somewhat major character in El Camino, but he's not. Um, so, yeah, I think it's it's interesting that it kind of ends here. But, um, yeah, I think it's, um, it, you know, I think he's done a good job. He's you know, I agree. pretty minor character, but, but yeah, d- done what he's needed to do. And like you say, sometimes the kids can be kind of overactors that are particularly interesting. But, uh, he's yeah, on I Instagram. Think um, he's, he's only posted six things on Instagram, trying to be my best to be someone in this world, and he looks pretty boring on Instagram. He's only got 1,404 followers. So, hi, Ian, if you're listening. Um, <laughs> get a better show. Instagram. Yeah, well, probably not after <laughs> I just said get a better Instagram, but I mean, you know, um, he's got more followers than I do, so I can't talk. <laughs> right, okay, well, let's move on, and uh, we kind of uh, we get this kind of um, – little scene here where kind of Hank picks up the, the, the Hello Kitty phone and, and gets the call from from Jesse uh, for, sorry from Andrew on Jesse's phone and uh, and basically you know he says you know kind of nice try asshole deletes the call um, and then they kind of you know go in and, and, and we find out the news that the, the rental car doesn't have GPS trackers because of a, a, a lawsuit with the civil, lib- civil liberties or something whatever it was um, yeah so um, they don't have trackers on their phone um, and, and basically they kind of you know, come up with this you know again they're going to kind of use the phone to, to the phone camera to, to um to, to their benefit here i suppose but basically what they say is that they know that it doesn't have a tracker but walt doesn't um which is a really interesting way of kind of trapping walt right so um they're basically going to pretend that they know where the money is um and try and trick walt into kind of going there which um spoiler alert if you watch the end of this episode which i expect you probably have if you're listening to this um he does so um it's a, it's a very simple little plan um and i guess it kind of points to me that jesse knows how to get the best out of out of Walt now at this point like he knows how to best him um, because he knows what his weaknesses are and so yeah I think it's just a a, a cool little scene to kind of set up where we're going at the end of the episode yeah and I kind of like Jesse outsmarting uh, Walt which again another question like I mentioned before about why doesn't Hank just arrest Walt you know seemingly got enough evidence particularly with Jesse doing all this but like I guess they've got to get complete concrete evidence to even how is him having money concrete evidence of his dealings like can't he just be like hank you know i'm an addicted gambler this is just my gambling money like i mean that's one thing i i will say again not to take away from the epicness of this and next week but like i just i get confused as to how this is the be all and end all of i've got him you know what i mean so uh but again i don't want to take away from it because it's amazing but uh yeah smart jesse smart hank um go me just along for the ride but uh yeah yeah, I guess probably it's one of those things of like, you know, I've listened to too many true crime podcasts and stuff. And I guess once you get a certain amount of circumstantial evidence um, and you back somebody like Walt into a corner, like if Walt's found with all this money, um, you know, and I, and I think you've got Jesse's testimony, um, you know, things can start, you can start to build a case from that point. It's still certainly still not watertight, but it's hard to believe that there isn't any physical evidence that that couldn't link Walt to this. You know, I think there would be all sorts of CCTV camera, you know, there would be all sorts of stuff. I think you could probably pull back here if you needed to, but, um, you know, the money's obviously the big one. Um, and, if he mentioned, yeah, I think, 
I was just going to say, sorry to interrupt, like his testimony about how they stole the methylamine. I mean, we know Hank's got that footage. So, like, yeah. surely, like, he would just go, oh, yeah, that's us on the footage. Like, you know, like, yeah. things like yeah. that. Yeah. 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 Okay. So, we head to the, the car wash and we've got um, Walter Jr. learning how to kind of um, <laughs> ring customers up, basically. Um, I like and- RJ Mitty here. He just yeah, seems sweet. Yeah, he does a good job. Look at him yeah. having a go. Good job. Yeah. And uh, then we get... Saul comes in and, you know, and um, Walt's, Walt Jr. is a little bit starstruck by seeing Saul, <laughs> the guy from the, the billboards. Um, and, and yeah, and then just as he kind of having those interactions where um, Walt comes in and he's got Holly. Um, and, you know, as soon as he kind of um, you know, sees Saul, he kind of walks out again. And then we kind of cut to this conversation that Walt and, and Saul are kind of having in the, the middle of the kind of forecourt, I guess, of the um, the car wash. And basically Saul, you know, says, you know, Hill's gone. Um, and, you know, it's just starting to get, you know, th- things are getting too crazy now. He's wearing a bulletproof vest. Um, and, um, and, and yeah, basically just saying, you know, you know, they don't know what's up with Jesse. Like Jesse could be coming for them now. Um, and so, yeah, we kind of, kind of have this, this kind of conversation happens. We see Skylar's kind of watching it, and uh, yeah, then Skylar, basically Skylar and Walt, then have a follow-up conversation, which is basically like, you know, is there any progress? Is the way she says it. So kind of she knows what's going on, um, and and yeah, she kind of goes back, and and um, and then Walt kind of gets a gets a pic, you know, gets a, a picture of this kind of barrel that's been um, obviously set up by by um, Hank and Jesse and Gomi have kind of done this barrel scene and followed up by uh, this phone call from Jesse and um, and basically Jesse says that you know he, he knows where the barrels are and he's going to start burning it like what does he say like 10k at a time or something he's going to start okay, burning it or this something money. like that isn't yeah, it yeah 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 and um, so basically this is the catalyst that turns that you know basically Walt is now going to uh, now going to rush to his hiding place because he believes that that's that Jesse's there, got the money, and is destroying it. So yeah, he's going to have to go for it now. I um, I love starstruck Walt Jr. You're that guy from TV, and yeah. I just love, I love um. So what does he say? Like, don't drink and drive, but if you do, call me. <laughs> like, I love that line. Oh, he's so funny. And then just Saul being a dick to the guy, like, get in between the the right in the creases. Make sure you get in there. No, right in there. Clean right in there. Um. Which I just kind of like what they do with Soul. Like again, he doesn't really get like a massive ending, but I kind of think it just makes sense for Soul, really. But yeah, I mean, from this point on, it's fucking just full on, right? Like this is just, um, just you're not taking your eyes off the screen at all from this point on, and just the music, like the way uh, Walt looks. Like I love how Jesse rings him straight away and he's like, "Get my picture." Like. Sometimes I get a, a phone and like, I phone, like a text and I don't check it straight away. So if I get a phone call, like, hey, get my picture, bitch. No, what picture? I'll just check now. Like, <laughs> it's kind of like, you know, just straight away to it. But, um, yeah, I mean, it's epic. I mean, it just I love the way this sets up. And just even at this point, Walt doesn't really care. Like, he's kind of rushing out. And even, you know, Walt Jr. is like, oh, like, what's going on? Why is he rushing out so quickly? But obviously, yeah, he's a little bit concerned about his money. So, I mean, it's again, as I said before, very smart by Hank and Jesse to kind of get him to go out there to the desert. Yeah. And, and you know, and I think um, th- this this kind of scene that we get of kind of Walt driving and, and you know, him and Jesse having this argument um, on the phone is, is pretty epic. And it's one of those things that I wish I had found out how they had filmed this because this has to be a stunt driver, surely, that's kind of doing this this stunt work, you know, of basically driving because you see a lot of it. I don't think it's been, you know, green screened or anything. I think you've actually got somebody who's driving and going at a hell of a speed, you know. Um, yeah. So, yeah, I think they, they do a really good job with this. And, and you know, kind of the, the conversation they're having is, is very real because, you know, although Jesse's setting them up to kind of turn up at a certain time, um, you know, I think it, it, it's still very real, some of the things he's saying, you know, like talking about bringing children into this and, you know, which is obviously Brock, but also Drew as well have kind of been harmed because of this. Um, and, and yeah, and you kind of, you know, Walt trying to have this conversation, but Walt's kind of done now with trying to calm Jesse down and he starts, you know, they start having a kind of full-on shouting match. And I think it's just like a, a really good way of kind of recapping some of the big issues that have happened between Walt and Jesse um, over the course of this entire show. I think it's it's quite a clever way of kind of just getting a whole bunch of information out there in a, in a really good way. Um, and, yeah, and then obviously it kind of culminates with Walt arrives and, um, you know, pulls his gun out and looks around and realises that there's nobody there and he's been set up and it's a trap. Um, so, yeah, he's then assuming that basically Jesse is coming for him. Um, so, so yeah, I think it's um, 
it's a, it's a really, really good setup. Um, so yeah, I think probably it's a good place to stop um, and, and let you have, have your say on, on, particularly on the kind of driving out to the desert scene and then Walt realising that he's been set up. Yeah, I mean, I've got, like, as I said, three potential top five moments for this episode. And again, technically, you could probably just say everything from the phone call onwards, the final, like, 17 minutes or whatever. But like, I've got the, the three separate ones I've got. I'll just say one of them is here. I love this phone call. I love just even the moment when kind of Walt looks at the photo and you kind of see the zoom in on his face through the blinds. I think that looks really, really cool. Yeah. Um, but I just... I love just this chase and this – it's not even a chase, just this panic from Walt. It's just epic. Like, as you say, the conversation, just kind of recapping everything. And I remember watching this for the first time because, like, as I said, like, I kind of picked up – the first time I ever saw Breaking Bad was kind of in the middle of this scene. So, I didn't even see the car chase bit. Um, so, like, just it's 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 epic. You're kind of tense. Like, oh, my God, like, what's happening? How's this going to go? And, like, I mean, we kind of know he's being trapped, but still, you're just kind of like, wow, this is, like, pretty epic the way it's done and – we don't need to always praise Brian Cranston and Aaron Paul, but I think they're both brilliant and kind of just the way Brian Cranston is able to sell this, like so desperate, driving straight out to the desert. And yeah, I'm with you with the stunt driving, like it's epic. I, it, does, it looks completely real to me. I'm assuming they maybe close off sections of the highway and just get some trucks on there and just have a stunt driver driving between them. Uh, I know when I lived in Canada, uh, living in Victoria, there was, you know, they filmed often a lot of, uh, there was a Netflix series they were filming there. I can't remember which one, but that also filmed a lot of Hallmark Christmas movies there because it was very kind of certain feel to it. They even filmed the latest Air Bud movie there, but um, it all basically came down to uh, certain sections, but they would often, parts of the highway, they would say like, oh, between like, Midnight and 4am, they're closing this section off the highway because they're filming blah, blah, blah here. So, I'm assuming maybe that's what they did. But, um, yeah, just, it's it's incredible. As I said, like, you just you don't take your eyes off the screen this whole last section of this episode. Um, and, it's again, it's like, it's what, about 17 minutes in total or something like that? So, it's, it's nearly half of the episode is all this kind of final sequence. Yeah, yeah, no, it's crazy. It's um, it's such a big long sequence at the end because I think kind of this is a one of those funny episodes where there's lots of kind of reasonably quick scenes leading up to it, and then like the final scene is yeah, like almost twenty minutes long. It's a really long scene, but um, yeah, it's all of it's great. And kind of like the bit that I didn't mention is obviously once he has that phone call and realizes he's been set up, he kind of rips the battery and the SIM card out of his phone and throws them in the desert. You know, kind of, and then he kind of like climbs up into these kind of mountains and he's kind of looking around and um and this is where he sees this this um you know suv kind of coming and um and realizes that it must be jesse and so he races down and puts the phone back together um and and calls jack and basically says you know he he's got jesse um he knows where jesse is um come and get him um you know come come to where i am and, and he kind of pulls out the lottery ticket and reads the the coordinates out and and basically gives them the information i love how like jack just kind of writes them on his hand um <laughs> which is yeah kind of kind of pretty cool um and and yeah and so this is kind of you know, we we kind of see him come there, and this is where he suddenly realizes. He says, "Oh, you know, there's there's at least two kind of people with him," um, and and you know, Walt's watching from a distance, and this is where he realizes that the two people are, are Hank and Gomi. And I love this kind of little bit of facial acting by by um, Brian Cranston here when he realizes that. He, he can't bring these guys to a shootout basically with with Hank like that is not what he wants um and and so yeah it's he basically says to them no it's it's off you know you call it off don't don't come um and just this look of resignation on his face here where he, this is the kind of moment we what realizes there's no way out and I just think that that piece of facial acting is just so good you know it's just really really amazing there you know just is able to you know to, to really convey that that sense of hopelessness and and you know like his his number is up basically and I, I just love it i think it's it's so good and it's such an understated thing that you kind of you know i'm we'll be talking a lot about about brian cranston reaction faces in the next episode but this one i think is just oh i just love it i think it's just so good um, yeah and i think and, oh sorry. yeah sorry go. no you go no 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 uh you please continue I was probably just about to give you time to talk about it anyway. So, give oh, me go okay. right ahead. Look at that. Good, good working out there. Um, yeah, I think it's kind of – it sets it up well because it makes it more tense when we get Jack and the gang showing up, right? Because if we knew they were coming, you know, we'd be like, oh, okay, they're going to come. But like, kind of just the way he's like, it's off, don't come. 
he's just kind of like, okay, yeah. sure, you know, you think it's done with. But, um, yeah, it's just, it's it's fascinating how he kind of is like, yeah, like, shit, this is it. This is all over with. So, um, you know, it's it's it, it it's sad somewhat, but at the same time you're kind of like, okay, well, you know, this is how it's going to go down. So, yeah, I'm with you. Brian Cranston's facial acting is, is fantastic. But, um, yeah, it's obviously great. Great tense moments leading up to what ultimately will happen when Jack and that show up very shortly. Yeah. Um, so we kind of come back from that and, you know, Walt's in his hiding place and, um, you know, in his mind, he's, he's called off the, um, the Jack and his gang from coming. So he's all on his own. Um, and, and we kind of have uh, Hank and Gomi with their guns out kind of calling and you know, saying kind of come out, come out. And eventually that's exactly what happens is that Walt does come out. Um, he's still got his gun in hand. And um, basically this is just where he more or less has to kind of give himself up. And again, some great facial reacting there. And we, we've kind of got, uh, you know, Hank does the whole kind of cop thing of saying, you know, drop the gun, turn around, put your hands behind your head and walk slowly back to us. Um, and, you know, we, we kind of get this whole thing of, you know, basically go down on your knees that, you know, do everything you're supposed to do and, and Walt follows all the instructions he's supposed to do. He feels like this is probably game over at this point. Um, and, yeah, and then basically we, we kind of get that that moment that I talked about in the last episode has been, you know, this this moment that I think a lot of people had been waiting to see is that basically we see Hank, you know, do the very, you know, very cinematic kind of slapping the handcuffs onto Walt Um which is yeah, which which is great, and he kind of does the whole you know um, re- reads him as rights, um, and and yeah, and I was sorry, I should say that kind of Hank and Gomi kind of you know celebrate in this moment and joke about who's going to do the job, but but Gomi insists that, that Hank's going to get that you know get that privilege, I suppose, of being able to actually read him as rights, which he does, um, and and during this time, you know, like is he going to say anything? And what he does is he looks at Jesse and and calls him a coward, which again I think is really really well delivered. Um, yeah, and I and I think it's you know it, it's it's just really good I think, and um, then we kind of see you know Hank kind of the, they shove him into the car and he, you know, he's in the, he's in the back of the SUV basically, and um, you know Gomi congratulates him, and um, yeah, and they'll they'll probably have to you know kind of find the money and that's all very good and well, but then uh, Hank calls Marie, and um, I think this is a you know. A, a great moment as well of you know just the kind of relief on Betsy Brandt's face of you know like that they've that they've got Walt and obviously this is a very poignant moment when you know where the show's going of uh you know Hank kind of um calling saying we got him um I love you you know being able to say all those things um and I think one thing that I actually really like about this which you know will obviously make sense once we see what happens to Hank in the next episode is that it would be really easy to kind of portray Hank as this perfect hero in this moment but you still see him gloating in this moment he does gloat with with Walt a little bit and I think that's a very human thing that you know like I think on another show they probably wouldn't have wanted to show Hank being like that but I think it's a very normal human reaction for somebody like this so I, I really like that they do linger on that moment as well but yeah I think it's you know like the, this this kind of phone call between Hank and Marie I absolutely love that as well I think it's just it's perfect for the show especially when you know where we're going to go next so um yeah, I, I, I just love everything about this. And I think a lot of people, I think, um, you know, going back to my Breaking Bad 101 book, I think a lot of people could look at this as potentially the ending they might have expected for the show in some ways, you know, of what being been put into handcuffs and it's game over you know that this is in some ways the happy ending that I think a lot of people may have wanted expected whatever it would be and there's a case to be made that potentially you could just end the show here you know like maybe another episode to wrap things up but this is it you know Walt's Walt's in prison um you know and and he's his his crimes have caught up to him but it's obviously not where the show's going to go but um it's quite interesting to think about that that could have been the way that the show ended so I think this is just great. I think it's a little bit of kind of um, fantasy fulfillment maybe or seeing some of the things that some of the viewers would have definitely have wanted to see. Um, but I think it's everybody here is doing an amazing job acting-wise, directing-wise. I think just a, a really, really great scene. Yeah, I've got this one as a potential top five as well, just like the arrest of Walt, right? Like, Because, I mean, as you said, it's kind of something people had always thought about seeing. And I just love the way it plays out when – you know, Walt doesn't fight it. Walt just does everything he's told. You know, walk out, hands up, put the gun down, step towards me, walk backwards, all those kind of things. Um, I just kind of love the way that all plays out. One question again, why is everyone still wearing a jacket out in the middle of the desert? Like, he's <laughs> literally wearing, like, a puffer jacket. Um, 
but maybe it's just a weather acclimatization thing isn't it like i think you just get used to certain temperatures maybe maybe new mexico deserts are actually quite chilly but um yeah and i like i love um just like the interaction between Jesse and Walt. Cause I just love the way Walt's staring at him and the whole coward and Jesse spitting on him and just kind of going into that fight. It's great. Um, I do have to question Hank. Cause like, what do they say? He like, Oh, we better call the whatever police, but he calls up Marie first. Um, and then he doesn't even pick the phone up straight away to call up the other police. And then what does he say? Like, I'm going to take Walt back and you stay here with Jesse um i mean okay sure but uh like i one thing i was i'm sorry to destroy these scenes but like shouldn't they be here with like 50 tons of backup like when they had a search warrant of mike's house they had like half the albuquerque pd there this is well, I th- arresting I the great heisenberg uh, yeah um, I, I think this is because it's still you know like it's still off the records i think um uh, and it's probably been that's i think it's a, a valid criticism because i think it actually has been a few episodes since we've really reminded ourselves that you know um basically hank and gomi are doing this you know off the books um but yeah. once they once they have him so now that they've kind of got walt is it now it will become a, an official investigation so i you know i think that he wanted to basically as he, he said in one of the earlier episodes that he his career's over once this happens you know but he's going to end his career by walking walt into the station basically I so so yeah, yeah. i still also think like again i'm not trying to nitpick because these are epic and like again i'm saying this potential top five but what if the money wasn't there. They've just arrested Walt for no good reason. Here I am saying just arrest him, but like, what if, you know, the money's not there and Walt outsmarted him? We know he doesn't. We know the money's there, but just the what ifs. Anyway, yeah. point of oh, yeah, totally. I'm, and, I, and I think that, I think there's definitely things like that that you can kind of, you can pick apart and it's a TV show and those things are definitely yeah. there. And I mean, that's what we're here to do, right? So, you know, like that's, that, that's our job is to kind of find, find the, the faults and the flaws where they are. And, and that's, that's totally cool. And it doesn't stop you from thinking that these are still great epic scenes as well. So, oh, yeah. absolutely. And I, I mean, again, I'm just exactly being that nitpicky guy that why not, but I, I love it. I think it's fantastic. And yeah, I love it kind of putting them both in the cars so, like, we've got their starting points for what's about to happen right now. But, uh, yeah, as you said, everyone's great in all these scenes. Uh, again, I just love Aaron Paul's face when he's, he looks so excited that, like, oh, this is it, this is over. Like, Walt's getting arrested. Like, here we go. Like, this is we've got him. Just the way he kind of has that look on his face. It's pretty epic. Mm. Yeah, it's really good. And, um, you know, I think you talked about loving that, um, you, you know, that shot um, of, you know, the, the zoom in on Walt as he kind of looks at the picture um, when he's in the car wash. And I think that's a very, like, un-Breaking Bad or non-Breaking Bad shot. It's not something I think you see a lot of on Breaking Bad, but talk about a very Breaking Bad shot as the kind of um, from inside the bin. Um, it was in, inside oh, the, the trash brain. can. Yeah, yeah, I think that's a, that's a very typical Breaking Bad shot. So I, I, I really like that. Um, we did, so, we did yeah. mention when he puts the brain on the floor, there was like a glass camera shot of the brain going on the, yeah, uh, on the yeah. camera, which is really yeah. cool. Yeah, no, it, it is really good. It just those kind of those little touches are great. But uh, yeah, we're, we're back. And I think the other thing too that um, you pointed out, which I didn't, was the kind of Jesse spitting in Walt's face. I think just really kind of hammering home this animosity between the two of them. And of course, Jesse doesn't know that these, you know, he's put a hit out on him. You know, so um, it's even worse than Jesse thinks it is. Um, but yeah, I do really like that, and that will carry into the next episode as well. But um, yeah, I. I um, I, I really enjoy it. We kind of then finished the episode in a pretty epic way as well. Where actually, uh, one thing, sorry, r- really quickly, can I just point out? I love Hank waving at uh, Walt. Yeah, like, I yeah. put him in the car right now. Yeah. I got him in the car. So I can wave at him right now. Oh, he's not too friendly right now. Sorry. Yeah, just, and, and that's that. and that's the kind of thing I'm, I, that I love. You know, is that they actually don't shy away from showing Hank as a bit of an asshole in his moment of glory. You know, I think I think I do really appreciate that. So, yeah, it's great. Um, and and yeah, and then um, we kind of finish the episode basically. We kind of waltz in the SUV. Um, Gomi's kind of dragging Jesse away to uh, to the other car, and um, then these these two other cars show up and basically the um, obviously Jack's gang has shown up um, even though um, Walt told them not to come. So, um, and, and you, again, you know, some, some great kind of reaction shots from, from Brian Cranston of like, Oh God, he can see what's about to happen here. Um, and, you know, kind of see this, this great kind of shot of like, it kind of zooms in on the cars as they pull up and everybody gets out of the cars and it zooms in on them kind of pulling guns and kind of watching um, from a distance, which is, which is really cool. Um, and yeah, and then we, Kind of have these kind of these tense moments um, of basically kind of Walt screaming and you know like trying to say you know um, you know not don't shoot don't shoot this kind of stuff um, and um, 
and and basically it just turns into a, an all-out kind of western shootout here basically um where you've kind of got um you know the the two sides kind of start shooting at each other um you know, hank, hank and gomi obviously seriously outnumbered here um and then kind of the episode just ends almost mid gunshot, which is great. You know, like what I talk about a cliffhanger, like we're just going to come back and find out what happens at the other end of the episode. But um, yeah, it's really, really an epic way to end this. I think such an interesting choice to kind of just cut kind of mid action um, at the end of the episode is not something you see very often, but um, I think it's a really effective way to end this. And yeah, I'm, you know, when you're watching in real time, it's like, holy shit, I've got to wait a week to, to see what happens here. Yeah, and I love, you talk about the facial expressions, I love how they kind of deal with all of them, so you kind of even get to zoom in on Jesse's face, and just the way, like, you just see Hank just casually unclipping his gun, like, what's going on here, and Gomi with a shotgun ready to go, um, but yeah, I love kind of just the way they, they zoom in on them, there's that one guy driving the second car who's bald with a weird, like, dick dastardly moustache, it's almost like <laughs> he's literally curled it up at the ends to, like, be completely evil, um, but yeah, it's epic, and like, just... I, I do question, like, the whole, like, show me your badges. Why don't they just show them the badges? Um, like, yeah. okay, I'm going to reach into my pocket and I'm going to show you my badge. But then yeah. I guess, as we're going to find out very shortly, like, that probably wouldn't matter because he hates the DEA. So, um, yeah. So, like, yeah, I mean, it's, it's epic, as you said, like, mid-gunshot kind of basically the way it ends. Like, yeah, I mean, do you remember watching this in real time? Obviously, I'm not yeah. the person to ask and, like, remember, like, fuck, I've got to whole wait, wait a whole week for this. Yeah, no, I, I do remember watching this in real time and just being like, "Holy shit!" I, um, yeah, it was it was just epic, and you kind of just you're desperate to find out what happens. And I think it just goes back to you know this was only 2013, so not that long ago, and it's already and it feels like a whole other lifetime ago, doesn't it? Of have, actually having mm. to wait for things on a week to week basis, where you're just spoilt for being able to binge things. Now there's very few shows where you kind of watch week to week anymore, and so yeah, I think it is just. Um, yeah, just just a really really exciting way to end this episode, and um, yeah, I mean, talk about you know being ready for for what comes next. Yeah, and I like another thing. This is the third thing I've marked as top five. I love the music again, just kind of like that score where it's kind of like it's called Hank's Last Stand by Dave Porter. Um, but then even just the way when it cuts and then it cuts to the credits, like the first like what five to ten seconds of the credits are just dead silent before kind of like the score kind of moves back into play. Because I think you're kind of literally sitting there going like, holy fuck, like, you know, Jesus Christ. And again, as I've said multiple times, this was the episode that I saw, like the end of SBS at like one o'clock in the morning. It's a pretty darn good time to pick it up. And they literally showed the next episode straight away. So I was down for it. And also I will say like, again, I I always think that this is in Ozymandias and kind of, you know, forget it's in this episode. But when you watch that fan-made movie, of course, it's all together basically so um it kind of it, it plays out well when you can watch this all together but yeah it's it's an epic way but maybe maybe the best cliffhanger that we've had on breaking bad so far maybe i don't know which is, which uh, is we're, saying something yeah it's, said there's um, a few times now but i mean does this top uh, episode eight of this season with hank finding out do you think yeah i mean i i think probably yes um i mean there's other ones too like i i still love you know um no half measures, you know, with the with what kind of killing the two drug dealers because it, it felt so, like quite unexpected. Um, and I mean, this is not expected, but I think, um, you know, like I think at this point, you're kind of expecting every week will be a cliffhanger as we kind of end in the show but uh yeah it's 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 great it it is really really exciting and um you know i think next week is is a phenomenal episode which we're you know going to talk about but um it doesn't have a cliffhanger type ending it has an ending where you're like i can't wait to see how they're going to finish it from here but it doesn't have a like holy shit i have to see what happens next week immediately you know so i think it's really effective to kind of go into you know, next week with this absolute like holy shit, how is this going to be resolved? You know, I think that's that's really really exciting. And that's why I think this episode just gets like so forgotten about because I mean, to me, it just like you've talked about episodes kind of complementing each other, or even sort of have a trilogy of episodes that kind of all tiny. I mean, 
you can't have Ozymandias without this. And I think this just leads into it so well. And again, I think people always think this final like 15 minutes is in Ozymandias. I do. So kind of I always forget that it's actually, you know, the majority of what we're going to get the opening of next week happens in this episode. So that's why I love this episode so much because it's perfect setup and just there's nothing wrong about this episode at all. Even the sort of the short scenes that we get, I think, are all great and entertaining. So, yeah, and again, as you said and I said, it just it flies by. It just goes by so damn quickly. It really makes me wonder how, like, you know, you've got these different directors for different episodes, and obviously, you know, Ryan Johnson being the most famous one in terms of, you know, polarizing episodes. But, um, you know, he obviously gets credited with next week's episode, and and um, we got Michelle McLaren for this week's episode, and it's like, well, did did we literally just at this point stop and like they just tag each other in, like, because it just feels like one big scene, yeah, here, you know, between this. I and would the next, assume so. they would. I would assume they would film, like, I mean. I could be wrong. Like, I'm guessing maybe they, it works differently, but I can't imagine you wouldn't film this whole sequence together, if you know what I mean. Like, I don't see them going, okay, cut, all right, that's a cliffhanger, folks. We'll be back next week to pick up episode 14. Like, I feel as though you would film all of these scenes together and maybe just have Ryan Johnson, yeah, like, consulting this or maybe they co-direct this scene and then yeah, Ryan yeah. Johnson directs the rest of it. I, yeah, I don't yeah. know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, um, I think um, before we get to writing it, just looking at any of the particularly interesting kind of trivia, and I think one of the things that's um, um, I, ha- I picked up on listening to one of the commentaries was about this the GPS coordinates and this um, lottery ticket, and that they actually had to get the New Mexico Lottery Board to print a special ticket for them because <laughs> the GPS coordinates are, are six. There's six different ones, I think, um, but um, apparently the the lotteries only does five lines. So they actually had to do a special ticket. Um, because they don't do six lines of lottery things in, in New Mexico, wow. so that was quite interesting. So, um, so there you go. Um, yeah, I think other interesting ones there are, you know, things like this is the only time Walt Jr. and Saul have actually met, and the only time they will meet um, on the show. So, um, yeah, I think that's quite interesting as well. Um, yeah, I think a lot of the, as we talked about last week, I think, you know, a lot of the kind of trivia points now are really stuff around this is a reference to this episode or that episode, which I don't particularly find all that interesting. It's, um, you know, I think sometimes it's, it, I don't even know if it's a particular reference. I think it's just, you know, circumstance or happenstance, you know, that they tend to look the same, even if they're not particularly interesting. Um, yeah. So I don't know if there was anything in particular. I think the other thing with Taharjali, uh, you know, that this is an actual place. Um, and, you know, it's, it's obviously, we've seen this before on the show. It was, it was where the first cook happened, which we're going to see in the next episode. Um, and, you know, the coordinates themselves are actually for, I think the AMC or the Breaking Bad studios or the, the office building um, where they, you know, they were based while they were filming this because they, didn't want to give an actual location in the middle of a, a you know a Native American reservation, but um, yeah, Tahajli is a you know an actual place. It's actually quite a small place, um, and you know um, when you listen to the commentaries, they kind of um, they did a lot of filming there. You know, like I think the the scene in the final episode where kind of Walt's putting the machine gun together is actually filmed kind of like oh, just over the ridge from where this is. Um, so there's lots of different areas, and the, you know they're just saying it's a, it's a very reasonably small reservation, but it's quite um, geographically diverse. Verse, so they can actually do a lot of different kind of filming setups in this one little location. I yeah, I I mean that's that's interesting. Like the only things I kind of like here in the trivia is uh, when Hank finally arrests Walt, he does exactly what he told Walt that he promised to do to Heisenberg when he thought Gail may be Heisenberg. Hank slaps the handcuffs on and Walt and then waves to him the exact same way he does in bullet points. And also the last ever time Gustavo Fring is ever mentioned in the series yeah. is in this episode. So I think go. it's also interesting. I mean, we will get a flashback to this uh, this scene from the pilot um, in, a, in a future episode. But um, that whole thing of you know, like when they're watching that, you know, Hank on TV in the pilot, and they're talking about, you know, he said Hank kind of says, "Oh, you know, it's good money being a meth dealer until we catch you." And you know, it's, here we are. You know, like he is, he's caught Walt. So, so yeah, I think it's really interesting to kind of think about this as a potential ending of this of the show. You know, like you could have just had this as an ending, and um, that's obviously not where we're going, but it, it's fun to kind of think about that all the same i think yeah no i i completely agree right okay well we'll get into rating this i don't think there's going to be too many big surprises here it's uh, definitely going to be a buy from me um i've got this 23 in a row look at that yeah yeah wow um, you've eclipsed think- a regular tv series of 22 episodes <laughs> so there you go 23 so good job well, i think I think probably the, uh, the the only shock is probably how high I've got this because I've got this really high. I've got this at number four, um, which probably 
a lot of people will think is an overreaction, but I love this episode. I think, I think next week's episode wouldn't be nearly as good if this wasn't such a great, you know, kind of one in the one two punch. Um, I think, especially the stuff we get in the last 20 minutes is phenomenal, but I do think there's a lot of other good stuff in here as well. So there's not much in terms of wasted stuff in this, in this that I, I really, really enjoy. So, um, yeah, probably a bit higher than a lot of people would have it, but um, I, I definitely stand by it. Um, I'm obviously going to buy it. That is not a surprise there. I'll just quickly say that the ringer has this at number 11 uh, overall, so not quite in the top 10, but just there. Uh, you think you've got it high? Well, then what does that make me? I've got this at number one. Uh, oh, I'm putting go. this at number one. I just, I love this episode. And again, I just as I keep saying, I feel it just gets underrated. I feel that this episode is such a great episode of Breaking Bad. You can't have next week without this week. And it just, I mean, you complement both these episodes together. It is maybe one of the most perfect episodes of television you've ever seen. And we haven't even really mentioned that how, I mean, we will, I guess, next week about how iconic the episode is, not just in this show, but in TV over the last decade. But, I mean, I just I just love this episode so much. I mean, it's and it's not just the last 15, 20 minutes of it. I think all the setup is great. I just love Creepy Todd and the Creepy Nazis. I love Huel and the sort of the brain sequence. It's great. I love Walt Jr. in the car wash meeting Sol. Like, that's kind of cool. Even just sort of Walt talking to the Nazis and, you know, little teaser about him learning where the hideout is. Like, everything is just so important in this episode and so great. And I this is an episode that I could just put on and watch and obviously straight away want to watch next week's episode. So... Yeah, I've got this right now at number one, which, I mean, obviously is going to secure it in my top five uh, at the end of the season. We've only got three episodes to go, so the lowest this can go is number four now. But, um, yeah, I, I love this episode. I think it's 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 great. Yeah, and I mean, talk about underrated to, not well, I'm not going to say overrated, but, you know, next week is obviously the one that everybody remembers. So it's time to, to finally get there. I'm, I actually can't believe we're there, you know. It's, yeah. Um, you know, this is the one that we've kind of been building up to. And, um, yeah, you think you, if we talk about payoff in this episode, the next week is the big payoff episode. Now, this is the one. Um, this is the one that's rated 10 on IMDb. Um, yeah, I'm not sure that we're going to be able to add much that hasn't already been said a million times about this episode, but we'll say it all the same. Yeah, and I think it's – um yeah, I'm with you. Like, it's hard to believe we're actually here talking about this episode. But, I mean, it's one of those things where, like – you kind of want to be one of those people maybe who like when something's always considered the greatest, you kind of want to go into it and go, well, okay, I'm going to be that person to be like, well, no, it's overrated. This, that. this is definitely not one of those episodes. I mean, you can just see why this episode is just so beloved. I mean, spoiler alert, I've marked down four potential top five moments and there was at least three other moments in it which I could have marked as a top five, but I thought, God, this whole episode should just be in the top five. It is great. <laughs> I mean, it like... It seriously might be one of the most perfect episodes of television I've ever watched. This is, and it flies by. It's your tense, your emotional, the acting in this episode, just everything. This is done by freaking Ryan Johnson, people. Like, I mean, for God's sakes, maybe do give him another Star Wars movie. You might get it right. Um, so, I mean, he started with Fly, uh, and then he ends with Aussie Mantis. I mean, I know there was one in the middle, which I liked. So, you know, like th- third time's a charm for, for Mr. Johnson, but... Yeah, I, I'm with you. I don't know what else we can add that hasn't already been said about how epic and iconic next week is, but uh, we're there. And I always I always think it is the penultimate episode of Breaking Bad. I always think the finale just follows the week after, but there's another episode in between that and the finale. So Which is which yeah. is also a great episode in a yeah. very, very different way. So so yeah, I mean it's just the from here on in, it's just, it's all payoff. It's all just answering those questions. Um, so, yeah, I think that there's, there's so much to love about it. But um, we will definitely talk it through, um, try and do it justice next week. It's a great episode. Um, but, yeah, that, that that's for next week. This is this week. Um, we thank you very much for listening. Um, and, uh, you know, follow us on all the usual kind of social media places, Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, whatever the hell it is. Um, and um, yeah, check out the other shows we've got going on, whether it is 24 or um, our movie podcasts or whatever else we have got going on. As I mentioned, we're uh, we, we're recording these in the past, so who knows what's happening um, as you listen to this. There might be some some fun new content. So, uh, um, you know, check us out. We're, we're always up to some something new. Um, but uh, until uh, next week in Ozymandias, it's been a lot of fun bringing this episode to you. My name is Nick, and um, I appreciate you making every possible effort. 
and my name is Ben, and to my eyes, it's kind of blue. Thanks for downloading this episode of the Oz Network. Make sure you never miss an episode by subscribing to the podcast by Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, or by copying our RSS feed into your preferred podcast provider. And while you're there, please drop us a rating and leave us some feedback. You can also be sure to stay up to date with all the latest episodes and happenings from the show, as well as finding out how you can get involved in upcoming episodes by following our social media pages on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, as well as getting everything you need under one roof at theoznetwork.net. Thanks again for listening, and we'll speak to you next time. like exclusive stuff yes sir do you like having access to your favorite podcast hosts in a way like never before yeah absolutely do you wish you had access to our old survivor oz episodes that you can't find anywhere else online oh yeah if you answered yes to one two or all of those questions then get excited because the oz network is now on patreon That's right, your favourite podcast has jumped on the Patreon bandwagon to enable a better listening experience for you, our listener. For more details, simply head to www.patreon.com forward slash oznetwork where you can sign up for as little as $3 a month. It'll be the best decision you make since that last bad one you made.